If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host. If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello again, and welcome to Vacation Rental Success. And this is episode number 36. And we have just passed through the uh, August long weekend uh, here in Ontario. We have, um, we seem to have holiday weekends, uh, one every month from May. There's one in May, there's one first week of July, first week of August, then the first week of September, and then we get to October and Thanksgiving. Seems to be a lot of long weekends, and it's been absolutely manic leading up to the uh, to the long weekend this weekend because it's it is the busiest week weekend of the year and uh, and we have hundred and somewhere around hundred and fifty odd families in properties enjoying their vacations at the moment and I'm so delighted the weather is better last week was just awful it was here am I talking about the weather again, but uh, it's it's very important to people on vacation. And uh, anybody who vacationed here in Ontario last week got a full complement of cold, miserable, cloudy days. And uh, yeah, there were a few unhappy people because, of course, the sun came out on Saturday just as they were all packing up to leave. And, you know, I remember years ago, 20 odd years ago, going to and it was when my, my kids were just at that point of their teens where they could look after themselves. And it was the first vacation that Phil and I had had. And we went away to France and we chose a lesser known part of France called Cahors. Um Phil particularly loved the wine from that region. So wanted to go and have a look at the vineyards and, and do some wine tasting. And we found this tiny little gite. It was It was part of a little complex of farm buildings that had all been renovated and converted to gites, which is what they call cottages, cabins, whatever, in France. And we spent, oh, a long time looking forward to this vacation. You know, the first one, really, without the kids, and had a lot of anticipation for it. And we had a lot of plans for it. And we only had a week. We drove down there in one. It was probably about a... um, you know, 10, 12 hour drive from where we were at the time in England. And we left in beautiful sunshine from the UK and we were so excited. And we got across the channel and the clouds started to roll in. And by the time we got to our destination, it was pouring rain and it rained solidly for a whole week. And on the day we left, we got up in the morning and the clouds had cleared and the sun was out. And and I remember driving away in tears. It's just and I know there's nothing you can do about the weather. But when you've made all all sorts of vacation plans that are predicated around the weather, 
and then it doesn't play nice. It really does have an impact. And, you know, here I am, so 20 odd years later, still remembering how bad I felt that we weren't able to go and do all the things we wanted to do. And we really spent a week cooped up in this, what, what turned out to be a very tiny little jeet, which would have been great if we could have spent all our time outside, which is what we intended doing. So, so this last week, I was, I was very, very conscious of the fact that we have many, many guests in properties who are not going to be too happy because their, their long planned for vacation was, and you know, for some people, for so many of those people, I'm quite sure they made the best of it. But I have heard from a couple who said our vacation was ruined because of the weather, which is a little bit sad because there, there are things that you can do. But one of the things we do encourage our owners to do is to be aware that the sun's not always going to shine. And sometimes guests are going to spend the full good proportion of their vacation sat indoors. And it's really worthwhile putting something in place for them to do while they're um, staying out of the rain or, or at least providing them with some ideas of places they can go, things they can see and, uh, and things to do when, when the weather's not as good as they expected it to be. Uh, in my own properties, I have a rainy day pack which has a whole bunch of ideas that, uh, that they could consider if it's just not good enough to go swimming or to take the boats out or to lie on the dock or to uh, relax on the deck. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes to, to my rainy day blog that I did a while back just to uh, might give you some ideas. But I started thinking about the, uh, the, the gîte we went to in France um, because my guest today is a property owner in France. Uh, Tansy Forster and her husband, Mike, own four properties in Normandy. And, uh, and I've been following Tansy for many, many years because she moved to France just um, about a year or so before we moved to Canada. And we, our, our lives have sort of been a little bit in parallel uh, she has bought several properties in the same way as I bought several properties here in Ontario. And and some of the decisions, it's interesting, as you'll find out in the conversation, that some of the decisions that uh, that we made along the way have been pretty much in parallel too. But I was really wanting to talk to Tansy because she has this philosophy of hospitality that really every owner should have. And our discussion covers quite a broad range of topics from from marketing to operating multiple vacation rentals to you know her her philosophy on how guests should uh, should be treated and it certainly shows from the reviews she gets that she is doing a fabulous job at this so let's move on and uh, and let's talk to Tansy Forster in the latest episode in our successful vacation rental series <music> Well, hi, Tansy, in France today. How are you? Very well, thank you. It's absolutely wonderful to have you here because I've uh, uh, not exactly been stalking you for the past um, seven or eight years, but I've certainly been following everything that, uh, that you've been doing with your properties over that time. And I first came across you on laymyhat.com when I first got onto Lay My Hat and, and I was looking through the index there 
And there was a thing about websites and it just said under that, you know, we're making Tansy a website. And, yes. uh, and, and that intrigued me. So I did sort of follow along with that and, uh, and have kept, I think we actually have probably connected back and forward over these years, but it's an absolute pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you. And you too. So you have a number of properties in France and I really want to start with, uh, you know, how you actually got into this business. When was it? Why did you do it? And, uh, and what it was like back then? Well, we moved over to um, France, Normandy here in 2001. It was a little bit of a shock to the system because I had a very successful recruitment business in London. And my husband in those days was the royal photographer for the Daily Mail newspaper. And he used to travel the world with the Queen, Princess Diana and all the rest of it. So if you put it all together, about nine months of the year. Um, he also did war zones and things like this. He was hardly ever at home um, traveling the world. In fact, he was a, the only photographer on Fleet Street in those um, days where he had a gold executive card from British Airways. He flew that much. <laughs> anyway, long story short, uh, he was coming up to his 50th birthday and he just woke up one morning after a particularly grueling flight to Australia and back. And he said, that's it. I don't want to do it anymore. I said, what do you mean? He says, I've had it. He says, how do you fancy moving to Normandy? Being a forces child, I didn't think twice about it and said, oh, okay, let's do it. Um, about six weeks later, he said to me, have you found a house yet? I said, no. But as we came over, we hadn't got a clue what we wanted to do. Bought the first house that we saw and then um, a few months later, moved over, pets, all the furniture, everything. Sold everything in the UK, sold my business a lot. Moved over and uh, renovated this big old farmhouse discovered then it wasn't right for us because it was too isolated and we had nobody to talk to. So this is now 2002, but we did spot a seaside house right on the beach and we decided to take a punt. We didn't know anything about holiday rentals at all, but we decided to buy this house and rent it out, took advice from some people and they said, yes, it looks a good investment. So we turned it around as quick as we could and we started renting it out and we found it was really, really successful. Then by accident, Mike found another house, this time on Utah Beach, on the other side of the peninsula to where we were. And he bought that. But uh, we managed to scrape enough money for that, but we didn't have enough money to do it up. So we decided to sell the big house we were in that we were unhappy in and try and find a house equidistant between the two of them and release some capital for the other one. But we then discovered that we'll get more and more pulled towards this side of the peninsula, the Utah Beach side. And long story short, we sold the one at San Germain that we started off with. And we put a lot of money into the Utah Beach house. And then Mike's mother was very um, elderly and quite frail. We renovated the barn that's attached to this main house to be suitable for her. But for one reason or another, she couldn't come. And somebody suggested to us, well, why don't you use that as a rental? And I thought, no, 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 that will never work for couples because um, it could only be for two people. Anyway, we marketed it couples only and uh, we've never looked back. It's been the best decision we've ever, ever made. And the first couple that came into the cottage were Australian who had sold absolutely everything and fitted all their worldly possessions into two suitcases and were traveling the world. And just doing that, about our age group. 
And he used to be a very, very, excuse the pun, high-flying um, Australian pilot. He's even flown the Queen. But they decided they'd had enough and they just wanted to travel around. And they came here and they kept looking at our little old cottage, our boulangerie, and said, what's in there? What's in there? And we said, oh, it's just our garden shed. And they looked in it and they said, you ought to do this. So we took their advice and we did that up. So then we ended up with two here. And um, we've really, really poured a lot of money into them and done them up beautifully, I think. And we specialize in couples only. But then just to put the crowning glory on it, in March, we were driving past um, a house for sale in St. Rue du Mont, which is the first village liberated in France in 1944 by a band of brothers. And uh, on a whim, we put an offer in and it was accepted. <laughs> I, I read all about that on your uh, blog. It's a fantastic story. And I've, um, I'll put uh, links to that blog on, uh, on, the, uh, on the show notes because... I, I sat here last night and um, and spent, oh, about 45 minutes just going through all, all the, the photographs that you took at the very beginning and yeah. then sort of flipping back from there to your Facebook page to look at the photographs of how it looks now. Now, I've always said I have vision, <laughs> but I, w- I was saying, saying to, to Phil, my husband, and I said, come and have a look at this. I said, I think I've got vision, but even I would have looked at this and... <laughs> and have turned away and said, no way. You did a most fabulous job. But just going back to your original story, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, oh my God, this really mirrors exactly what we did. You know, we, we, when we came out to, uh, to Canada, you know, as, as a, military, um, a military brat myself, having not travelled the world as you did, but certainly travelled around UK a lot, always moving from place to place to place. It was absolutely a no-brainer to pack everything up, sell everything in UK to move to Canada. But we did exactly the same. We'd bought a place here that uh, that was um, it was fantastic until we lived in it for, yeah. for one winter and there wasn't a soul around because everybody was a summer visitor. And, yeah. uh, and so we had to move on as well and bought and sold properties as well as we went. So, uh, so really interesting that our stories seem to, to really parallel. It takes you a while, doesn't it, to, to actually find your direction. And then when you've got it, you set course. That, that's right. It, it really does. So when you, when you started, what was the rental business like at that time? Well, when we started out in 2002, uh, there was four, four properties on the HomeAway site. Well, it used to be um, holidayrentals.co.uk. And there was, um, in those days, it had 792 properties on there. I'll never forget it. And you used to pick the phone up and speak to uh, Marcella, direct, who was the managing director of, home, of Holiday Rentals. Unfortunately, HomeAway bought her. Mm-hmm. And now, if you go on to the same site that we started off with, there's an excess of 1,000, I think about 1,400 in our area. Now, the problem that we've got here in France, and I, and I, get, quite, I get quite steam coming out of my ears every now and again, We've gone down the route of registering and we've been inspected by the tourist board and we've been given our three stars. We've got smoke detectors and fire extinguishers and we conform to safety measures. The problem is is that the property prices in France have tumbled quite dramatically. So consequently, there's an awful lot of properties that can't be sold. So a lot of people have just sort of like a knee-jerk reaction. Oh, I know, ting, the, the, the ping goes. Let's put it out as a holiday rental. And there are some awful places being rented out. Mm-hmm. And people aren't on hand to sort things out. 
I mean, I have had a few rescue cases through where there's been trailing electric um, cables over the sink and all this sort of thing. And I just think it is absolutely really bad for the business that these horrible places, these coal holes, as I call them, are able to be rented out. Now, the French government seem to be trying to, to clamp down a bit that, with tax jour and things like that now to try and possibly weed out people. But yeah, I think it's pretty impossible to run a house unless you've got a professional manager looking after it or you're on site. And uh, I don't really think that people, if they're really wise about what they're doing, it's no good paying really rock-bottom prices and coming over and expecting everything to work because it won't. So we actually charge quite a bit more than a lot of the places that are advertised. But the people that uh, come here get exactly what's written on the tin. I love that expression. I'm not sure it's one that um, that we hear a lot here in uh, in Canada and North America. I, I use it a lot, you know, about our listings. It just says, you know, it's exactly what it says on the tin. That's interesting to hear what you're saying because we have exactly the same thing here in uh, Ontario. With co- Our cottage prices are a little bit... They're not plummeting, but they're they're fairly stagnant at the moment. Yeah. Um. So, same thing. Owners are seeing rental as as a way of making what they call I'm you know in quotation marks easy money. Uh, they they don't have to do anything anything much. They'll just open it up for their paying yes. guests. Step step back, and and let them come and go with maybe a cursory clean between change and changeover and it it just astonishes me yes does me but just as you say it it gives the industry a, a poor reputation and, yes. and and i can't see how it, it can change um it's you know it's so fragmented because anybody can come into it you know do you see any regulation in sight i would like to think that there will be a regulation but the big sites should be able to help on this one as well but you see they're not interested in that because they just want more the merrier on the site they just want money so home away is not interested in putting people like myself who have got three stars and are accredited by the tourist board as special recognition and that's where part of the problem comes from as well the big sites themselves, I think, have got too big for their boots. Their actual codes and their security is absolute rubbish. Uh, I've been fished quite a few times already. And it's, a, it's, an, it's an awful situation at the moment. And I really wish I could find a way of being able to successfully market without having to be um, held prisoner, uh, I feel, by HomeAway, FlipKey, TripAdvisor and all the rest of them. So are you, is, are you currently advertising on, on those sites? Yes. I'm with Flipkey and Holiday Lettings on their 3% commission thing because th- their fees don't actually warrant me paying because I, I don't get that much traffic through from them, believe it or not. The home away, for whatever reason, brings me the most traffic. But I'm now on their platinum um, level to keep up there. So my advertising with HomeAway that used to be £155 a year for a property is now up to the giddy heights of almost 2000 <gasps> Really? Yeah. Is that £2,000? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, euros. Yeah. But, but it's not far off £2,000. But, but still, yeah, that, uh, that, that's quite, so, that's quite so amazing. So, but you, ha- you have your own website as well. My website really is a tool where I can mm-hmm. direct 
to it, it brings in very, very little business because I'll be honest with you, I haven't got time for the SEO. I can't get my head around it. I think I'm that age where I just am not getting uh, all this SEO nonsense and what have you. I have looked at other companies that can do it for me, but we're looking at the same sort of money per year as I'm paying home away. We, we actually sort of like made a decision um, stick with the home away because we at least we know we are getting bookings in through from it. Well, that's right. If you know you're getting the return on investment, then I guess there is there's, there's not a great deal of alternative. What about Airbnb? It's not working for me. I, I am on there. But the problem is, I think, is that we are heavily booked in advance quite a bit. So like for next May, June, July, I'm part of August, I'm fully booked in the cottage. Utah Beach is starting to get bookings in. Airbnb seems to be more sort of like maybe a month in advance. That's interesting. So it's, it's, more, it's more of a last minute. I think so. So I've tried most of them, but I don't know. I, I don't seem to be um, all that successful with them. Okay, so, so that the majority, main, main success is coming from home away. I have to unfortunately confess, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hear that from most people. And in fact, you know, I I look for vacation rentals um, consistently when, when we're going somewhere. That That's how we how we travel and what we stay in. And and yes, it's always home away is where or, or VRBO here is, yeah. is where yeah. we find um, we find the properties. It's interesting, though, here in Ontario, they, they just don't have um, a foothold at all. I think because we are very focused and local, it's a huge market. Our demographic is out of Toronto. We have local listing sites, two or three Canadian-based, and they bring um, bring in the majority of our traffic. I mean, I'm talking as, I mean, we're an agency. We advertise. We advertised last year on HomeAway. We do have our properties on Flipkey, but 90% of our traffic comes from the local listing sites. But for us, we are not tied into home away at all. But I know if I'm going anywhere else, uh, certainly in the States, then, then home away is where I go. So I guess, you know, I, I, I see all the arguments going on on LinkedIn and Facebook about about home away and their, their policies and their systems and what works and what doesn't work and what people are angry about, but just can't see there's any alternatives at the moment. No, I can't either. And so we, we've just painfully paid the money. And I've, I've actually gone off all the... Um, off all the forums, etc. Because quite frankly, I, I just was getting exhausted doing it. I just having to crack on with it on my own, as it were, and just um, bide my time. Yeah, I mean th- things things change so rapidly. Something else will come yeah. along, and uh, but it, it's really interesting to watch. It's interesting to watch as the as the industry has evolved over yes. the past yeah, ten or twelve years. It's just been so dramatic. Um, yes. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next. The other thing that I've got um, as strength, I suppose, for what we're doing here is that I trained for over 15 years as um, hotel manager. And I did it the old fashioned way, you know, started off as the junior, junior receptionist and went through each and every department. So um, and then I went on to the management structure where you started off as a junior assistant manager and worked your way up to being general manager. So I did that training for over 15 years. And then I did um, I was a corporate sales manager for a hotel group in London as well for a while. So I'm reasonably savvy about how you know things work and the housekeeping side of things. And I'm trained properly, if you know what I mean. And also I've had experience in hotel sales. 
yeah, moving on to that, managing your properties, so you you can use all that experience. So, what what challenges do you have with with managing for? I mean, I I can see it already. You don't have to tell me the challenges. Rotors, <laughs> uh, keeping the staff sweet. Uh, I'm very very lucky. I've got a lovely couple of ladies that look after the Utah Beach House. Um, Utah Beach, I keep right the th- way through from May to the end of um, August as weekly bookings. Um, I used to always do it on a Saturday changeover, but I'm changing that this year, or next year anyway. I don't want Saturday arrivals anymore because the traffic jams here in France on a Saturday are a total nightmare. You end up just sitting around for hours waiting for people to get here and you can't get on. So Saturdays are out now. The, The Utah Beach one I keep weekly. Here... Uh, we seem to specialise very much in French, uh, sorry, American business here. I would say that probably 75% of our business is actually American coming through. Um, couples only, which is absolutely delightful. People probably our age group as well because uh, we offer things like toweling, dressing gowns, and we're on site and I, do, I give them a free tour to do the war beaches and all the rest of it and um uh, i've just i've just gone over the top a little bit on home comforts that people of that age group would expect and they're quite happy to pay for it and i'm happy too um with the type of people we're getting in i think that's really important just knowing who your market actually is and and i think this is a mistake that some people make they think they're going to throw it out to absolutely everybody without really niching down i guess to find out who their ideal customer is and i know with with one of my properties it it's on the water but it's there's a drop off to the water so i don't want young children i don't want any child under 8 years old at that property so definitely focus on the on this target market on the whole during April, May, June, um, September, we are we have mainly Americans, sort of uh, our age, slightly older than us, and that seems to be our main market. So, so it sounds like it's quite you know, differentiated through the year. At, at different times, you're going to have different markets. Well, of course, you know when you're not going to get yeah. the kids out of um, out of season. But that's really nice, isn't it, to be able to fill up your what what we'd probably consider to be low or shoulder season. Um, because you have a market for it. Yeah. yeah. And I think we, or I offer a concierge service. So I even hire the cars for them and all the rest of it. We are actually thinking of getting a couple of car hires here for next year. Um, so we could do the car hire ourselves instead of me having to troll up to the um, to the office in Carentan and do battle with them there. Perfect. How, how do you get across to them that you're doing a concierge service? When, when do... Uh, in, in what ways do you let them know what services you offer? It is actually on Home Away. I've ticked the box for um, concierge service. Um, and uh, I think as soon as they get uh, my first reply back from them that's uh, standardised on Home Away where it's talking about trains and how to get from Charles de Gaulle Airport and all the rest of it. But I, I find also very interestingly, Heather, is how... A lot of people treat their business because they don't see it as a business and it's almost a battle, them against us. The owners are really cagey and uh, ridiculous about them using the washing machine and about um, electricity because they haven't costed it out properly. Right next door to the house we've just done up in Saint-Marie-de-Mont, 
the house next door to us, we didn't realise it, was also being done up as a gîte. And the gîte de France sign went up on it, sort of like um, two weeks after we just started working on ours. And I thought, oh, no, this is going to be an absolute disaster. But we've got to know the owner really well. In fact, I've given her quite a lot of business. And um, the interesting part is, is that Sylvie is just looking after the French market. And we are looking after the English, German, American market. And the difference between those two markets is quite, quite incredible. The French market, they want to be renting a place and get as many people as in there as they possibly can. And they don't care if there's three people in one bed and their prices are low, but then they charge them for water, electricity, this, that, the other. So you've got the basic price and then all the charges go on top. My price is no more than four people. This is the price and it's quite a high price. But is that working for both of you? It's working for her and it's working for me. Oh, well, that, that's, that's okay then, isn't it? But it, yeah. it's, it's really interesting that concept could probably only work in a market that expects it because I can't see the North American or even the British market coming into that scenario and, and accepting that they had and to pay extra for everything. A lot of British come over to France thinking that it's cheaper to live here because the house prices are cheaper. But it's not cheaper. The house prices may be less, but doing them up and all the rest of it is just as equally, if not more expensive than the UK. And the price of living is actually probably more expensive than the UK over certain things. The only thing that I can find um, that is cheaper over here really is the wine. And, and so you get a lot of people who come over with with very mixed up ideas. They've never done any holiday rental stuff in their lives before. And they seem to think that if they've got a house and they put in secondhand furniture and all the rest of it, people will pay it. And you, you, you do very much get this sort of them and us situation. What I've done is I've tried to, to look at my places as if they are, okay, I know they're self-catering. I'm treating them almost like a, a, a hotel. And you welcome people and you help people and you settle people in and you give them everything that they want. This is what I find with, with everyone, every one of this successful owner series I've done, I'm, I hear exactly the same. You know, everybody has the same philosophy of, of hospitality, that when you go into this business, you become a host and, and it's almost like doing a bed and breakfast without making the breakfast and without necessarily being in the same property with them. And, and this is the, this is what, it, it, it appears to me that is standing these successful owners out from the rest. Because quite honestly, I'm sure you agree with me, Tansy, these, these people that are just going to offer the charge extra for, for all the additional um, services, they're not going to be in the market for long. Well, you'd like to think that. Mm. Let's move on to um, Band of Brothers because we mentioned it right at the outset, you know, lo looking at the, the before and the after photographs. Um, which are just amazing. You've done a fantastic job. So, so, so this has just opened up and you've just got your first guests in there. How did that go? Uh, Saturday was a little bit of a disappointment because we, we got the whole place ready, um, cleaned, done. The chap that's renting it, just he just marched through the house and he said, oh, it smells of new paint and started opening windows, <laughs> which was a little bit of a disappointment. But today they said that they liked the house and that it was a very friendly house and they were happy there. So that made us feel a bit better. 
Well, that's but good. Now, have you got um, um, a stream of bookings in there already? We are completely full for the whole of August. I haven't got one night spare. So how August. did you do that? I actually marketed it blind, saying this house is under renovation. It will be finished for the second of or for the first of August. We've got three other properties. You can check us out. And then anybody that made an inquiry, I spoke to on the phone and I explained exactly what was going on. And uh, we've had people that have said, no, this is quite exciting because uh, we don't know what it's going to look like until we get there sort of thing. But what I've done now is now I've done the reveal photographs. I've forwarded all the photographs to everybody and they've all, all the Americans have come back saying, awesome, it looks great. <laughs> and the British just gone, oh, right, okay. <laughs> I have to say that, I have to say to you, I have a little saying here. I love my American guests because we have three sets of different types of guests coming. The Germans arrive, and when they arrive, they look around themselves and they say, we are here on holiday. We are going to enjoy ourselves no matter what. We're here for a good time. Great attitude. The Americans arrive, and they are all the time, oh, this is awesome. How old is the church? How old is this? <laughs> I said, yeah, well, everything's three, 400 years old at least. And all of that. Oh, this is really awesome. And um, they absolutely love it. The British arrive, look around, what's wrong with it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I remember it well. <laughs> so that's my take on the, on the uh, renters. <laughs> this is quite a few years that, since since you launched your last property that you've got this one what are yeah. you anything you're going to be doing differently now than what you did when you first started out yeah i'm going to take everything that i've learned about what we put in the the places it's in there immediately so give so, me a couple of examples well i ha i embroider all the towels i embroider the, the dressing gowns i make sure that there's just sort of like really nice finishing touches, like sort of like instead of just Paris goblets in, there's there's at least uh, four really, this is for couples, four really good size wine glasses, those sort of things. So you like home from home. And I just treat it as if it's where, where I would like to stay. And so there's all those little touches in there. Oh, that sounds lovely. I picked out the um, embroidery and I, I actually did wonder where you got that done and you do that yourself i do it yeah that's amazing because it uh you know it was it was such a lovely touch and you know for 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 those listening just take a look at um uh at the the show notes and go to the link to the photographs and you'll you'll see what we're we're talking about because uh it is those little touches isn't it that, that people go away and remember i hope so and i try to if i have the time um, I give everybody a um, embroidered um, tea towel that I do as a little souvenir, and uh, I when when they stay here at um, here anyway, we pick up from what they've really enjoyed about their stay. Like we get some people who absolutely love the dogs, and uh, you know every every time they get home, they want to play with the dogs and all the rest of it. So I've got a pattern on my machine that is uh, three dogs chasing a ball. So I'd give them one of those with um, Femme de l'Eglise and the date that they stayed. Or if they've come to see the beaches I've done, I've picked up the Doves of Peace because they're all painted on every window front here in the whole of the um, Normandy area for the 70th anniversary. And I've picked up the Doves of Peace, so I do a, a Doves of Peace tea towel 
um, for the 70th anniversary with the month that they stayed and do little things like that as a little souvenir. Plus, we also write to everybody that's been to stay. We send a card because obviously I've got a photographer here and we've had cards made up of one of our llamas and send that. Thank you for staying with us. We do hope enjoyed your, you enjoyed your um, stay with us. And that is the thing that seems to get me the ref- the um, reviews. So, so this is actually putting pen to paper typewriting. That that's just about lost these days. So I can imagine that that's a that's a fantastic touch. So it's a personalised letter that thanks them for staying. And yeah. uh, that that I love it. Talking to um, Antonio Bortolotti recently, and and he was he was saying that uh, you know there's times when he has he's created. Um, one of these photo books and sends them to his guests. Oh, that's nice, yeah. Because um, you can do that on um, Shutterstock and Blurb and yep. that sort of place. But this seems fairly, you know, a simple thing to do and something that, that nobody does anymore. So you, I can imagine that, uh, that that has quite an impact. Now, you just mentioned that, you, you, that, that brings you reviews. Can we just um, briefly touch on the on the subject of reviews? What do you think about them? Is it something? I because I know five or six years ago, maybe seven years ago, when when Flipkey started out with and, and HomeAway started out the, with the reviews and and everybody hated them. But now it's just a matter of course, and we all we we live by those reviews. Um, what do you do with them when you get them? Do you do you learn from them? Do you make changes from them it gives me the push to carry on doing what i'm doing where i really am jumping hoops for our guests and we do put we really do put ourselves out so it gives me the momentum to carry on doing it so that's what i learned from them um and um i mean i've had two bad reviews one from a canadian woman who was totally and absolutely impossible to deal with, and um, a, a young couple as well, which you'll, you'll see on um, TripAdvisor. They were just completely away with the fairies, and he's supposed to be a, vic- a trainee vicar, and it's just impossible. I mean, just stupid what he's written. And um, anyway, long short of it is is that the reviews on the whole, I love, and I was actually for them when they first came out because uh, I was an ambassador for Home Away for a while, and they actually asked me, and I said, no, 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 I think it's a great idea. Because I think it makes people more aware of what they're offering. If you're going to be doing this professionally, which you are professional if you're taking money for it, you therefore have to give a service. The reviews are the tool to say whether you're doing the service or not. I mean, I've looked at your reviews and they, your guests comment on a lot of stuff. You know, the kitchens being so well equipped. Um, but one thing that, that seems to come across over and above everything else is your local knowledge and the fact that you and Mike greet your guests, you share everything you know about the area and you obviously know a lot about it. Is, is, is that something that you think that people really value? Well, I'd like to think so. I mean... Um, we get a lot of referrals, so I think we must be doing something right. Tansy, it's been an absolute pleasure to um, to talk with you. Um, 
we have so much in common. I'm sure we could we could carry on um, for for the next hour or so. But uh, tell me if there's if there's one thing that let let's say we've got somebody listening in who's interested in going into the rental business or who is already in it and would like to take it to the next level. You know, who's perhaps like to buy another property and make it more business like. Can you think of something that you would tell them that would make make it more of a success for them? Well, the, 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 the thing that I was told at the very beginning is something that has stuck with me always. And that was never, ever put anything in your rental that you'll be upset about if it's broken, stolen or destroyed. And also be prepared every few years you have to chuck out what looks like good stuff and replace it. I took that on board and it is hard at times, especially when I embroider my towels and things like that. And six months down the road, somebody's stained it and mm-hmm. I cannot get the stains off and things like that. And they become a dog towel. It's quite hard to take. It sometimes sticks in your throat. But you've, this, is the, this is the line of business that you're in. If you are prepared to accept that things are going to get damaged and ruined and it doesn't affect you, you still can be professional with the people that come. So I love those two tips. Those are great for anybody coming into the business to um, to run your business by. It's what I try to uh, keep myself going on. Yeah. This is, this is, this is like, it's no different to me running my recruitment agency. Mm-hmm. So as I say, an absolute pleasure talking to you, Tansy. I wish you every good fortune with, um, you. with your four properties now. I'm, I'm amazed. I, I, I have, well, I, I have two of my own and I have a very good caretaker as well. So, you know, I know, I know the value of having great staff, but still it's, it's a huge job to, uh, to handle. So all credit to you and Mike to, to, to what you do. It's uh, wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I'll tell you if I agree next year. (laughs) Well, Mike's 63 and I'm 60. So uh, we do feel it at times, but uh, yeah, we're trying to keep, uh, we're trying to keep young. You've obviously got the energy to keep you going. If you can take that property you just renovated from March, buying it in March and having it the first guest go into in, in July, you've got a huge but, amount. But we also took a week off for the 6th of June week because we couldn't actually get into the house during the 6th of June week. Oh, right. Yeah. All the, um, all, all the uh, camps and everything. But I have to say, just before you came online, I had a Facebook message from somebody that stayed here. He stayed up at now Utah Beach House and he's, uh, he's just seen um, the unveiling of um, Band of Brothers House. And he said on there, he says, Tansy, you have a winner. <laughs> when, when somebody says that, I just thought, yeah, brilliant. I've had probably 60 people have liked the album and uh, in excess of 40 comments now. And everybody has just been just saying it looks amazing. So we're very chuffed. Well, good. So I, I hope that a lot more people who are, who are listening to this podcast will head on over to that Facebook page and take a look at that album because that is how you do it. Please do. And if anybody wants to know about any of my bargains, I'll, I'll let them know because there's an armoire in there that I picked up for 40 euros and did up. The, the, the comments will be open on the, on, the sh- on the podcast. I'll send you a link to it as soon as it's no. published and you get in there and start commenting. Thank you. <laughs> Tansy, thanks very much. It's been, uh, it's been great. Bye-bye. Okay. 
It is always so lovely to talk to somebody that's uh, that's on my wavelength and on the same wavelength as as many of of my listeners I know, and certainly um, the same wavelength as all the other people that I've talked to in the Successful Owner series. Uh, it's having that wonderful philosophy of hospitality that says, I am a host. Uh, it's not just a property that I'm collecting some money for. And these people are going to come in, they're going to stay for a week and they're going to leave. And I really don't care what sort of a time they have as long as I get paid for it. And unfortunately, as uh, Tansy was pointing out, the, there are still some of these people coming into the industry still with, with that mindset that is okay. Of course, anybody that's listening into this is not going to be of that mindset. I know I'm preaching to the converted because the people that don't care about their guests and are just out for the fast buck are really probably not listening to this anyway. But hopefully, you know, the message does get out. We all know now that we we survive by reviews. And if we don't get great reviews, it's unlikely that anyone's going to be in the business for that long. So, you know, the only way to get great reviews is to give great service. And Tansy is clearly doing that. And uh, it was just a joy to spend some time with her today. So I'm getting all fired up, ready for the podcast movement conference next week in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm just going to immerse myself in the whole industry of podcasting. And there's going to be five or 600 other podcasters there. So, you know, some of you may think this is going to be the most boring thing on the planet to go talking podcasting for three whole days. But uh, but to me, you know, this is my passion. It's my enthusiasm and I'm going to learn a ton from it. And it's one of the reasons that I just published the, a blog post today. asked you to consider starting your own podcast and um, the title of it is why I think that owners and agencies should be podcasting. It's another medium, you know, if you don't like writing, and you've got all this local knowledge, but you don't want to put it down in a blog, well, why not consider doing a podcast instead? It's a relatively small expense to set up. It really is easy to do. It probably takes less time than it does putting pen to paper and writing something. And the other thing is, is, is that you are listening to me now. If you're still listening, you've been doing it for 40 odd 45 minutes, perhaps a little longer for this one. Nobody sits and reads a blog post for that amount of time. So just think about it. Just think of the power that you have when you get inside someone's head. You're in their ears. I hope that's not spooking you, but that's, um, you know, that is the power of podcasting. It's the power of radio. And if you ever thought that you might want to get into this, let me tell you, this is not difficult. So part one of my blog post today was um, is, is really about the industry itself, why I think you should be doing it. And then part two, which I'm publishing later this week, is going to go more into the technical aspects of it. And we'll just cover off things like, you know, the sort of equipment that you need, um, the software that you'll need to install on a computer. And I'm going to have a lot of links to uh, tutorials and training courses that you might want to uh, to get involved in that will teach you exactly how to do this thing. As ever, 
If you've got any comments to make, I'd love you to go to the show notes, scroll down to the bottom and write your comments. Let us know what you think about um, what Tansy was saying. Um, she's going to be around to answer any of your any of your questions to her. So uh, do that thing. And while you're down at the bottom of the show notes page, why not just click on the iTunes link and leave us a great review? It's uh, it's always something that that I love is to is to see a review on iTunes. It also helps us uh, go up the rankings and gets us more listeners. So thank you once again. And I'm going to look forward to seeing you again very soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.